With us today is Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Lisa can also be found at lawlife, L-A-H-life.com on the web. Hello, Lisa. Hello there. So here I have... Um, Sounds like a it's poem. It's a rethinking. It's a rethinking day. I had read a long time ago, and I have always, and I, I keep passing it around, an article in the New York Times by a guy called Tim Kreider, or Kreider, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, um, called The Busy Trap. Do you remember this article? Yes. I okay, do. so where he talks about this trap of being busy, 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 chronically busy, so busy that we feel so important. Right? It creates this sense that, well, if we're this busy, then we must be really important people. So the, the gist of the article posits that, you know, busy is bad. I mean, that's sort of the premise, is that somehow being busy is, is just not, not necessarily a good thing. And I, and, I, and I really believe that a lot of what we do in terms of the running around and the errands and the, the keeping ourselves active and the being crazy busy and, oh, no, I'm too busy and, oh, I'm just so busy. You know, it's, it's a sense of accomplishment and a sense that we are really living in the world if we're so busy and we're important people and people want to know us and talk to us. And that, and that is true and that is what m- appealed to me about the article when I first read it because I think, oh, that's really true. And what's, what I just remember interjecting, sorry, but when I first saw the article, I found it somewhat annoying because, yeah. why? Because it didn't fully come, it didn't fully say, hey, listen, guys, this is self-imposed and just because it's self-imposed doesn't make it okay. And being busy isn't all bad but it needs right. to be managed. And that was exactly. that was where I just, I, I, as I read further, I kept waiting for him to say, so if you're legitimately busy, you have to manage your time properly and make sure that everybody gets a little. And then that's when our favorite subject, balance, comes in. And- right, which is what it's all about in the end, balance and awareness and clarity. But I just, I, you know, I, the article appealed to me so much because I see a lot of clients and a lot of people whose stress is directly related to their busyness. It's directly related to the fact that they never have a free moment. And when you really talk to people, or as happened to me, the reason I was thinking about this was that I was not feeling so well for a couple of days, and I could see that I was going to get sick, so I thought, oh, I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to do nothing. So rather than actually get full-blown sick, I took a couple of personal days, as it were, and I sat back, and I started having to cancel out all the things that were in my calendar, and of course, I realized, oh, like, very few of these things really are earth-shatteringly mattering in my world. There's a English sentence. Very few things mattered in an earth-shattering way. If I canceled them, okay, so I wouldn't see my friend for a while, okay, so I could reschedule that conference call. Well, that conference call I probably didn't really need. You know, things started to come into place that it gave me some perspective. And then I reread the article, and then I came out the same way you did, which was it kind of aggravated me, because I thought, hmm, well, you know, the problem is that a lot of the busy things that we do do um, are the very things that feed us, right? So there are things that if you 
you need to be fed. You need to feel good about yourself. You need that aspect. You just need to be very careful to manage it properly. So this show, like all others we do in terms of, you know, strategies for dealing with stress ends up being about management of resources. I think we should rename the show resource management because that's really what it is. That is the definition of stress. Stress is, you know, not enough resources to meet the demands of your life. So what do you do? You have to manage the resources. So if being busy is good for you, which I think it probably is for a lot of people, if you're not busy, if you don't feel purposeful, if you don't feel like you're making a contribution in the world, many people just get depressed. So if the translation of busy for you is purposeful, then okay, it's just a man a question of managing how much you're going to do towards making yourself feel purposeful. And if your definition of busy is crazy busy just to keep busy, then you might want to rethink what's on that schedule. Much like I had to do when I wasn't feeling well and had to cancel out absolutely non-essential activities and give myself some breathing space. And I have encountered a lot of younger professionals, um, mid-30s, or a little, you know, 32 mid-30s, um, who just revel in this, what is essentially overbooking, serious overbooking, just because there's no time in between. And I will listen to it being reeled off to me. I've got a 115 and a 145, and, a, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, wow, okay, what, what, why does it have to be crammed in so much? Because even when you're cooking, and I, or or anything when you cram it all in it doesn't have the same benefits as when you don't well i mean it depends on what's crammed in there i mean if you've just got to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff then cram it in get it over with but if each thing has some value in your world and you need to have some space around it to be able to develop an idea, for example, if you're having an idea conference at two and then you've slated in, you know, three more errands from three to four, then you're not, I would posit that that's not a good time management thing because you would not have the time to actually integrate what had happened in the two o'clock into your thought process, into your mind. You need the downtime. So if you want to, uh, you know, book in so that, yes, you have a 2 and a 2.30, but the 2.30 is the downtime required to integrate the 2 o'clock, then you're on the right track. And that I discovered um, myself the other day when I had to get rid of some stuff so that I, it took a week and a half to get rid of those things, but it gave me the time to start to think about something that needed to happen. And I remember arriving back at my house last Friday, literally going, wow, I have an idea. And I hadn't had an idea, that feeling, because I was so overwhelmed, if you will, by assorted things that just had to get done. And so if you are in an idea business where it helps if you get enough distance, this is something that you should really look at. And what do you say to your clients about, okay, if you just realize that you're overbooked, so to speak, where do you make the first cut? What do you do? 
Well, see, that becomes completely imperative when you're sick, right? You literally can't get up and do it. So then you really, in a very acute and obvious way, can see what things were necessary and what weren't. And it is astonishing to me how little is necessary. That's the thing. Okay. It's, you know, I even, you know, clients are one thing. So if I had to cancel three clients, that's, that's one thing. You understand that that's your business and that's, people are relying on you, et cetera, et cetera, in my case. But... If you can go through your list and cut out, you know, two of the conference calls and three of the this and two of the that's and da da da, and really feel like, you know, the world didn't come to an end, then you need to really examine your schedule and say, "Ooh, what of these things am I just making myself crazy racing around about, and which of these things really enhances my experience or has to get done so that." another thing can get done, et cetera, et cetera. And also I found and I find now that I've been having this conversation more and more with people that a lot of what people do caters to what the perceived needs of other people. And once you start to have to cancel those things out, you realize, oh, those people weren't really relying on me to do that anyway. They could actually do it themselves or it would happen anyway. You know, it's this this sense of without me, the world will stop turning. Yeah, but you can that also... That is very pressurizing. Yes, but there is also those... Th- there are people who do that because they need to feel that way. Well, of course, and that's the point of Creter's article, and it's a very good point. And, you know, it makes you feel important. It makes you feel like you have a purpose. And I say, let's find purpose elsewhere. Make your purpose, you know... Spending some um, knit a scarf. No, no, and, and I'm I'm asking. I I couldn't. I observe this and I watch it and I really respect the notion of okay, let's re-examine where we find purpose to see if we can get some more balance and fulfillment in here. Because usually people who are busy, 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 um, are way stressed. Or not thrilled that they're busy, 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 busy. Or that's usually that's usually the response. Well, or they say they're not, and this was one of the art things in 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 his article, and one of the reasons I liked it was because he also called people out on this thing of saying, "Oh, I'm so crazy busy. I just I don't know what to do with myself." That is like a badge of honor. I'm so busy. I'm so in demand. I'm so popular that I'm crazy, crazy, crazy busy, and. The question people have to ask themselves is, you know, is, is it worth the candle? Is it worth whatever sense of aggrandize, self-aggrandizement one gets out of being able to say that? Is the toll it takes on your system and your ability to function well and your quote-unquote happiness in the world, you know, your sense of contentment, your ability to um, really, truly on an integrated and personal level, feel good? Is that being compromised by this one sort of shortcut to feeling great? So I would posit that for most people, if they just stopped that aspect, if they stopped allowing themselves to get that quick fix buzz of, I'm really important because I'm crazy busy. So erase that and see what you can fill your life up with that gives you real longer lasting longer term fulfillment because that's really the question it's a short quick fix that buzz of the crazy busy and it doesn't feed a lot else it doesn't give you for example if you spent you know 
say, two hours of your day doing things that helped your life, uncluttering your house, answering emails so that you didn't get stressed about all the emails piling up in your email box, doing a 20-minute meditation. If you did those kinds of helpful, purposeful things, uh, you would end up feeling a lot better. You would feel more well-being in your life than you got from the quick fix of being crazy busy, rushing around, doing a bunch of things, which when you look at them, you realize you didn't need to be doing. So you, could still, you would still end up saying, oh, I'm crazy busy, but you would be crazy busy doing some very personal things, which are not selfish. You know, laying around in a hammock... <laughs> may not be such a terrible thing if you're if it's allowing you to have some dream time cool down time and you know i think it was bertrand russell who wrote a whole book about um how important it is to be able to be bored he was really ahead of his time because he recognized that there was like a whole generation in his day that couldn't endure boredom um they didn't know how to do it they had to be busy they had to keep busy so, you know, the quiet life, the atmosphere of that quiet life gives you the space to breathe and find, sorry to be corny about it, but find the little joys that are in life. You know, stop and smell the roses kind of idea. Um, be a little bored. Be a little bored and see what the mind allows you to do, where that takes you. And, you know, nowadays we stick an iPad into the hands of a kid when they're six months old Nobody's ever bored. Nobody's ever got brain downtime. And um, as we all famously know, a couple of months back, they published the thing about how the developers of this equipment, the Jobses of the world, ha didn't even let their own kids go on that stuff for too long during the day because it was just like, you know... Um, it's like candy. It's not even candy. It's an anesthesia. Ultimately, it is. It's too much... It's, it's one of those things. And... It just amazes me, amazes me that um, more people haven't recognized that the very creators of these things don't just lavish them out and say, okay, kid, go off and play war something for 96 hours without eating. And or keep yourself busy yeah, so you don't your... have to think about, oh, gee, maybe I should work on my personality <laughs> or work on my math or work on things that are you know, integral to, to functioning well in the world. And as I say, a lot of the replacements for busy, busy, busy might just be laying around on a hammock reading a book. You get a lot out of that. Your brain goes into areas that it just wouldn't go into otherwise or listen to books on tape or go, and I, I said, you know, pick your media. You know, go look at TED Talks. I mean, for the adults of the world, I, I, I would suggest go look at TED Talks. You'll learn so much from lots of things that lots of interesting people have to say and they're all compiled right there. Go watch some YouTube videos and learn how to do shortcuts on your computer that you always wanted to learn but didn't have the time to learn. Take, you know, if you, if you gave yourself 20 minutes a day to meditate and 20 minutes a day just to delve into some media that you wouldn't otherwise look into, informational, knowledge-based stuff. Or develop... Think a, how much richer you'd be. But this is, this is the thing that I constantly debate within myself um, because I can't... I, I remember my parents, particularly my mother, insisting that her kids develop interests. 
they, they weren't spoon-fed interests. They were, well, find something you're interested in. <laughs> I love that, yeah. And I cannot fathom, because that's what I do with my friends and their kids, and they wonder why their kids love me. It's like, yeah, well, that's all fine, but what are you interested in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that because that's usually where it starts. And you have to, you know how you often talk about teasing it apart. Mm-hmm. But the long short is that I am really struck that a lot of, it, it seems that more and more parents aren't encouraging, they're either giving their kids access to everything on the grounds that, well, you can, it's a tasting menu, but it's not develop when you take that in conjunction with the full-time screenage, it's not really allowing the room to develop what you need to develop to um, not wake up. 25 uh, you years know, later my go, favorite, you're, you're bringing to mind one of my favorite books. We have talked about it before, My Family and Other Animals. Didn't we talk about that book? I'm not, I, I don't recall. Oh, maybe so. not. Oh, because it's a fabulous book. It's written by Gerald Durrell, who is the brother of Lawrence Durrell. And his family went, I'm going to digress here, but his family went, it's, it's autobiographical, when he was a little boy, to live in Greece. His mother just, I think the father had died and there were like 9,000 children and the mother just said, we're going to Greece. And they went and they lived in this rural, on this rural island, sort of off-season-ish in Greece. And this child was left to his own devices to develop his interests in a very, you know, this is not the 20th century we're talking about, so... Or it was the early 20th century. So he, there weren't all these distractions. You know, he couldn't plug in his iPad once he got to Greece. There was literally nothing. So he went out and collected bugs and animals and insects and birds and flowers and da 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 And he just became an explorer of the world. You know, slightly feral. <laughs> yes, right. And it, it's a fabulous book because of exactly this. Because it's like an opening up of the, of the world in a way that required absolute imagination. An absolute, he was on his own to figure out who he was, what he wanted to do, and why he was on this earth. And we don't, as modern people, forget our kids, but no, don't forget our kids, but as we don't do it for our kids, and we as modern people don't have a lot of time for that because we're crazy busy. So I do like this article. I want to go back to that. You know, I like that he raised it. I like that it became a talking point and it got sent around. But it's a simple, short article. You know, it doesn't go into the stuff that we're now talking about and beyond, where you really start to think about, tease it out. Think about what does it mean for you in your life to be busy? Are you too busy? Are you busy doing things that don't matter? Could you maybe use your busy time, you know, fill up your time instead with more productive things? Things that would be more productive to what? Well, more productive to your overall well-being in the long run. To the management of stressful things in your life because I posit that in the end, many of the problems we have in our lives are caused by too much stress that piles up in the wrong ways. So, as part of that stress management plan, I say, look at the ways that you're busy, because we are all busy. So look at the ways that you're busy. See if you can't pull out some things that just aren't necessary and slot in some spacers, some time for laying around in a hammock, taking a long walk, and not feeling guilty about it. I, mean, right. I find myself, even as I'm saying all of this, I rarely, in the middle of a weekday, 
you know, busy, 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 even on the weekends, busy, 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 take the time to just lay about and get a little bored and then go, oh, I'm a little bored. Ooh, I don't like that feeling. So I'll, you know, clean out the photograph drawer, which has been this subtle pressure on my brain for months. Or as I had a friend who had a basement full of boxes, an attic full of boxes that, you know, were just piling up and piling up and it was giving her a lot of angst. She was getting stressed out about it, but she never did anything about it because she was so stressful she didn't want to go into the attic. So finally she cleared out the attic and she felt so much better. Her whole house felt like it had space it didn't have. She didn't have this dread feeling that she didn't even know where it was coming from anymore. It was a simple thing. It took days. It took days of clearing her schedule because before that she was saying, I don't have time, I don't have time. So Likewise, when people tell me, oh, I can't meditate, I can't learn to meditate because I don't have time, and I think, hmm, I wonder what is so busy in that schedule. Let's look at that schedule and see if we can't just shove some things aside and find five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah, and the the, the five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that's almost, you you really have to start small because people can't... it's a little bit like the the mirror breaking. They don't want to know that they've... Once you've decided that you don't have time, you really don't like the person who comes along and says, well, you do, in fact, have time. Oh, well, you hate that person. Right. Also because it's a careful construct. Also because, as Creator points out, we like being crazy busy. It's a badge of honor. So first you have to give up that. You, know, you have to be honest with yourself. And do you well, have any advice about that? Because I think that I can... We've got a couple minutes left, and I can off the top of my head, reel off eight people who would rather um, drink uh, a, a hemlock than uh, <laughs> uh, give up the, the construct that they are just too busy to, to even. Well, for those people, I say, wait till the next time. I mean, this is terrible to say, but if you really can't find time and if you really can't acknowledge that you're, as we will now call it, crazy busy, then the next time you're sick and you literally can't do it, or the next time you're going on vacation and you can actually clear the decks for vacation, pay attention to how you've done it. What went? What could you actually give up that didn't cause much pain and didn't matter? And that's the starting point. Because if people are so stuck in their pattern and their, their need to do that, they're not going to clear it on their own. No. So wait until you have that opportunity and then take a look and really be honest with yourself and say, woo. And the other way to do it is to set yourself that intention. Very consciously say, I'm going to have an intention setting practice. It's going to start Sunday. And Sunday morning, say to yourself, my intention for this week is to clear 10 minutes a day when I pick my nose. I mean, I don't care what you do. Don't, don't, don't load it up with saying you're going to replace it with learning meditation because right. that's too, or whatever, because that's pressure. No, just say, okay, for 10 minutes, I'm going to sit and watch the bird, the pigeon on my wind, 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 windowsill or whatever, just some non-event thing and make it 10 minutes, clear 10 minutes, make it your intention to clear 10 minutes a day and see what happens. And see how much you can do because there are people who for, after two minutes will jump up and you know start getting. And most importantly, you know, you spend that 10 minutes asking yourself what things are, are purpose-driven in my life and what things are just sort of make-work things in my life and are they feeding me and am I getting something out of all of this and uh, other than just angst. 
So you, you, it's a time to just create, you know, awareness and clarity. Awareness and clarity sheds the light that kind of burns away the unnecessary. And there's lots of ways to get to it, many of which are the practices we talk about all the time. But for the moment, just spend some time clearing the decks. Thank you very much, Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Lisa can also be found at lahlife.com on the web. I like the way to the city, 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 I like the way